the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. One of your hosts, AJ, with me as ever is uh, Kia Soleil. What's up, guys? And Sebastian Park. Hey, everyone. This is the Free From The Real podcast, bringing you all the news that's fit to listen to regarding the online game and stuff from the offline game of interest to us. And we're going to have to get interested in the offline game next week because there's an extended downtime starting no earlier than 3 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday, the 28th of November. Yeah, well, it's quite a downtime. A little bit, yeah. It's um, uh, no details as yet as to why. So it uh, it may just be some back end stuff, or it may just be um, too much turkey. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> just We're just clearing out the fan. Yeah. Or a little, little few too many um, uh, master edition events need to clear the extra force of wheels out of the system before anybody notices. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, and I'm sure, you know, if there is some huge new addition, there'll be an interesting tweet about it that five people will see. So it'll be uh, fun to find out. Yes, we shall search high and low for that tweet and then complain when we can't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, not a whole lot, right? We had some PTQs go on. The Masters Edition flashback events for Thanksgiving are in the books, I do believe. Yeah, they are. It's it's been it's been pretty cool actually. I mean, they uh, those are disappearing obviously, but they're they're a good good fun was had. Yes, much fun was had by all. Mm-hmm. All right, but yeah, <laughs> as you can imagine, it's a fairly quiet news week because Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, and for those of you who don't live in the United States or Canada, Canada being a month ago, but you guys know what Thanksgiving is. Uh, it was, a, it was a merry day of turkey and then shopping, apparently. And folks. believe me, yeah, believe me, we we and the rest of the world do know what you lot get up to at Thanksgiving, or at least those of us who um, keep half an eye on uh, you strange colonials just in case you've uprised or anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, now now that Thanksgiving has come and gone, though, we're pretty much at the end of November, so we can look ahead to December. Um, mm-hmm. One thing we certainly look at is Friday Night Magic promos, a friend for us, Thursday Night Magic promos uh, that we get from that. So for the December promo, we are getting a look at getting a look, if you will. Nice. Yeah. Right. Uh, Gitaxian Probe, the pay to live look at target player's hand, draw a card uh, spell. I think there's a mana cost attached to it, but I really wouldn't know. I've never used it. So. <laughs> Like you know, unless I barring being unless I was at one, and I just could not pay the two life, then I think I've always paid two life. Pretty much. I wonder if anybody's made a deck featuring four of these and four of the um, pay two life to cycle wraith from uh, Future Sight in modern. I'm I'm sure it's happened. Probably in the um, 
No, that wouldn't work. I was going to say in the reanimator deck where you use street race, death, street race. But if you're, oh, yeah, taxi, if you're playing a taxi and probe in the cascade deck, that wouldn't really work out so well. This is true. Not exactly, no. <laughs> the probe, by the way, is, is, is underrated in terms. I know, I know it's, it's pretty, it was overrated, but it's underrated in its, like, looking ability. Like, it's, it's, it's a pretty good card. I, I'm very happy that that's, uh, that's the promo. Um, I think despite it's safe the to fact the, the timing's a little bit late. I think it's safe to say that Cadexian Probe is rated. <laughs> yeah, that's probably correct. Um, but no, I, I, I understand Sebastian's point. Like, obviously it's a very good card, but the fact of looking at the hand, like when you're playing combo deck and you're kind of wringing your hands, you're going through your hair, like, what do I do here? You got to think about it, and then you Cadexian probe, probe them, drop to 16, like, oh, they have absolutely nothing. Oh, okay, combo off, kill you. Um, it's sort of the reverse uh, targeted discard, if you will. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, but the, I, I agree with Sebastian. I think sometimes in general people underrate the value of knowing the information of your opponent's hand. Like having that information is pretty huge. Yeah. Some people um, can't lose sight of it behind the draw a card for free thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there is that. <laughs> On the app. In any case, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's here. I would have preferred it probably six months ago. Would you agree? Yeah, but we do have the modern PTQ season coming up, so you know, Gitaxian Pro will certainly see some play there. So it's not totally irrelevant, uh, like some past promos have been. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the artwork? Any, any thoughts there? Yep, that's a probe in the style of Jindatatius, at least. Yeah, I mean, I never really understood the original artwork. I mean, like, it, it was okay. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I like this artwork a little bit better, but that might just be because it's, I'm, it's, it's shiny, yeah. honestly. I'll tell you what, looking at this, I do not want to be Gitaxian probed. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, looking at this art, that does not look it involves, it involves being in physical contact with a Phyrexian. Oh, yeah, there's that. I mean, this probe reminds me more of, like, 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 pithing or piping, either, you know, depending on how you, like, pronounce it. Not really quite sure. Never was really quite sure. Like there are there are certain pictures, like the original picture from uh, I think it was Saviors, right? Saviors yeah. coming off or Champions? Saviors. Okay, from Saviors, looks like someone's gonna get in, be in a lot of pain very soon, right? Whereas the the like the, the the ones that when they reprinted it like recently in Return to Ravnica, less pain. Like it's it's not immediate, you know. And so I feel like it's, it's a similar thing here where the original the original pro. Uh, you know, had like knives and a glowing eye and a bunch of surgical equipment, but this one looks like it's about to stab you. Yeah, much more yeah. imminent. Well, again, there's always been something of a um, squick factor in certain magic art. I mean, I remember back when I was being shown the first cards I ever saw by my cousin, way back in the early, early, early 90s, uh, seeing Gaze of Pain. Which, um, Is that the red one with like the laser going through, or no? It's a, a black one with um, uh, this rather fetching, uh, fetching if uh, gothic lady with um, uh, vertical slits going through her eyelids. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's That's, uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting stuff we had in the original art. I'll never forget uh, one of the first ones I that really threw me for a loop was. Really looking at the art on Invoke Prejudice, uh, the magic yeah. card, <laughs> and you're like, wait, wait well, a minute. <laughs> well, that's invoked, all right. 
Yeah, and certainly prejudice. So. Oi. Oh, God. You've <laughs> <laughs> never seen that before. <laughs> I think you just uh, looked that up. Clearly, I, I didn't play during uh, whenever this – well, what was this? Legends, I think, it looks yeah, like. It's one of the early, the early like, pre-block sets. <laughs> yeah. You can see why that garners that reaction. Weird that that's never made it into the Master Edition set. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, protection protects from black, I guess. It's hard to say. <laughs> now, if they, can, oh, um, if they can change the artwork on that, then maybe it could make a good Master Edition or a Commander reprint, because as an effect, the uh, what it does is quite interesting. Uh, yeah, sure. but I don't think you're, we're going to see that artwork coming back <laughs> on Magic Monster. No. Oh, man. If, if, if there's ever, like, a white trash deck that's created... Uh, <laughs> it's a key centerpiece. Four of these for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, wouldn't white trash require four squire? Huh. Yeah, perhaps. Not sure what else we have in the the white trash category. We only recently got humans in Magic, really, as far as history goes. So. Yeah. And you, you don't want too many dingy humans. Like, who wants it? Like, uh, you know, us in like Magic cards. Like, we always. I remember me and my friends used to always joke like. Because you'd look at it like a Tundra Wolf is a 1-1 with first strike. And I'm like, I think about me, I'm like, I'm not killing a Tundra Wolf. Yeah, you're a 0-1 with... I'm like, uh... I'm like a 0, it's like Kia, like 0-1, like, doesn't doesn't attack. Probably doesn't block either. Like, just gets out of the way. <laughs> like... <laughs> Face it, you're a survivor token. Yeah. But, like, on the other hand, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can take down a little girl, so clearly I'm higher than a half a half. So, I don't, I don't know. So you... You're a one one. You don't have first no, strike. He's he's a one half one, because you can take on the little girl, but just barely. So I can I can survive her, but our strength is equal. Thanks, Sebastian. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah. I like mine. It's like doesn't attack. Probably doesn't block either. <laughs> like it actually, and that's the text. Like doesn't block either. Uh, I could imagine. So sort of sort of a super Norin the wary then. Yeah. <laughs> It just sits there. You could target it and do something, but but why? He doesn't do anything. Yes. <laughs> Kiesele, the nor in the wary of this podcast. Target him, he runs away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but would, would people with like a weight problem have like two toughness done? It's not curiosity. I don't know. That's, not it's necessarily it's not how you really hard to kill. Yeah, depends on how you define the toughness. Maybe it'd be different if we still had this like in the, in the like playtesting version. One of the playtest versions of Magic cards actually had three stats. They had power, toughness, and speed. Um, and speed like determined like who could block whom essentially, and then it just became flying or not flying. Um, yeah. So maybe that'd be the separation there. Is like some people could be tougher, but their speed would be lower. I could see that. Sounds needlessly complicated. Yeah, and that's and that's the reason it got dropped in favor of the far more flavorful flying. One of the most elegant mechanics in the history of magic, side note. Yeah, you immediately grok what it can do. Yeah, like you're teaching someone how to play magic, and you're like, oh, he can't block that. And you're like, why not? It's like, because it says flying. It's like, oh, okay. And like, they just accept it. Like, it's that simple. It has wings. You can't reach it. Yeah. Unless you can reach it, because <laughs> you can reach. And so I guess a good, good question to like bring up here would be, what's the most unintuitive uh, mechanic ever created? And I, 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 the first one that jumps to my mind is one that I still don't understand, so. I'll let you guys go first, though. Bands with other legends. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. 
I don't think the mechanic actually does anything is the thing. Like, I think it literally does not work in with modern magic rules. Like, and how banding was, like, reworked. I, I personally believe it was it was put out there as to be, like, one of those SAT questions for the judge test. <laughs> that and humility. Like, those were printed expressly to train judges. Because, yeah, like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like a built-in IQ test, right? Like, it's supposed to test you on your memorization of the rules, but in actuality... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's there really just to you gotta like logically reason through it and figure it out <laughs> yeah it's essentially problem solving mm-hmm. which would be the SAT yeah oh man I think like actual mechanics I think suspend is pretty a weird concept to grasp especially given that creatures come into play with haste I think that's the part that really kind of messes with the concept but- I think the main reason for that was because you've waited for it so long, you expect it to be able to attack. When yeah, you I think the, the main reason definitely was a power thing <laughs> versus anything else. Yeah, I guess. It's sort of super, like, yeah. Couldn't they just like cut the suspend numbers by one on all the creatures? Like, like Aaron Ephemeron could have been suspend three, and that would have been the same thing except with without the haste piece. Well, you could have thought of uh, suspend as super summoning sickness. Say so that's really times fast. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'm going to go off mic for a minute here. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, Interesting mechanics aside. Haunt. Yeah. Haunt is another one that really messes with people. That's insanely complicated, yeah. Uh, yeah. Haunt was one of those mechanics that made me glad I played Magic Online. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, can you, Magic Online do this for me? Thanks. Okay. Amplify, fairly straightforward. Provoke, not too bad. Uh, let's see, what else? I remember one time when I was judging an event, there was a big issue with um, uh, Champion. Like, in this case, it was... Um, what's the 4-mana four 4-4 four, four fairy that comes into play and you champion and then tap their lands? Mistbind click. Yeah, mistbind click. And, like, there was a question of, like, whether or not you could... Like, if the creature got killed before when it came in, not the misbind click, but the creature it was going to champion, can you still say you're going to champion and tap the land? Like, there was a weird situation. Uh, it depends it, if it's, like, had already hit the field or... Yeah, and, like, we got it cleared up, but, like, the other, and, like, partially, you know, and again, partially, like, most cases of issues like that, it was a, a communication breakdown between the two players. In oh, exactly. Yeah. You know. Basically... Champ- champion goes on the stack. If you're responding to the champion being on the stack, then then you're screwed. If it, if if you know if, if he hasn't come into play yet, then you're good. Yeah, but you know it's it's like you know we're you know we're very lucky and spoiled in that way, and that triggered abilities suddenly become pseudo cards that appear magically on the stack, and that just doesn't happen in real life. And instead, you have to work yeah. with what your opponent tells you. And you know, so. And I've seen some pretty damn complicated stacks in my time. Oh yes. All right. Okay. Well, I think we've we've wandered off track <laughs> far enough here. Uh, let's rein it back in um, and talk yep. about some prices. AJ, you got some numbers for us here. Yeah, I was um, pondering if the um, Thanksgiving uh, med event had uh, any interesting fallout on the prices of uh, various cards from those sets, which are popular, such as Force of Will, which is down to. Uh, 105 tickets, and there are currently 13 of them in stock. Yeah. It's, weird, it's weird to call a, a triple-digit card a steal, but I mean, it's, it's going to go back up. So, 
yeah. Given the current su- overabundance of supply, it might well go down before it goes back up. It might be needed to wait a couple of days. Yeah, it's it could be, and it'd be interesting to see like when this podcast goes live if if people see that difference. Um, yeah. But yeah, it could certainly dip below uh, triple digits. But I mean, we've we've seen it go to one twenty, one thirty before, so there's room in there, and it's not like the card has gotten worse. There's yep. certainly room to grow, and people like playing it, and they like playing decks with it, and there are a lot of decks that can use it. So um, it's pretty much there you go if you want to play blue in classic. Yeah, it's time to start. It's time to start getting some tickets if you're interested in in having some Force of Wills because right around now it's going to be one of the best prices for it in quite a while. It's so yep. sad to say. So yeah, over four hundred dollars a playset is a good price. Yeah, what a bargain. Yeah, I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. Your car doesn't need that car payment. Like you can <laughs> defer that for a month. Houses are for the week. Yeah, you can you can float that. They'll be fine. <laughs> What's, what, what could possibly happen? Yeah. Hey, look at the given the rate of foreclosures in America, um, mortgaging your house, they'll probably have ages before you, they get to yours anyway. That's that's a fact, man. <laughs> you got some time if that's the case. The car, they might come get that pretty quick. But the houses, they're plenty backed up, and you got a little time. <laughs> At least get a couple angry letters mm-hmm. beforehand. Yep. Yeah. There's um, a few more noticeable dips in the um, various uh, dual lands because for every uh, uh, set of four med car uh, med uh, boosters, um, med one, med two, med three, med four, you've got uh, each of the duels in two of the sets. Mm-hmm. I've gone for the cheaper price of the two. Um, and looked at the various stock numbers there, although there are obviously more in stock of the Womaji, which I haven't mentioned. Uh, things like Underground Sea, which has been fairly close to 40 in the not-too-distant past, is down to um, 23.24 with 12 in stock. Huh. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good deal. And, I mean, that's you know a key dual land, obviously. And, yeah, like you yep. said, has seen almost double the price that it's at now. Um, most of the islands seem to be hovering around about 20 at the moment. Uh, Tundra just over, t- Tropical Island just under. Volcanic Island is way down in uh, just over 17 tickets each and 13 in stock. There are over 30 Tundras. so uh, That's a lot of Tundras. Yep. If you ever want to see what it's like in the Russian steppe, then... <laughs> Just pick up all those. <laughs> what's what's the deal? What where's the love for zoo, man? Taiga at ten seventy two, really? That makes me kind of sad. Well, Savannah's up at twenty uh, two point seven at least. Although there are thirty one in stock of that. Sure. Yeah, but I, you know, I think I want to I want to aggressively beat people down and throw lightning bolts in their faces, not play cutesy creatures that do stuff. Two two creatures. <laughs> those are. Those are one drops. You're paying, yeah, you're paying two mana for your two two. Ah. Now you've got me thinking of equipment two two. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, we did, we've had we've clearly had way too much turkey the past couple of days. Yeah, I've eaten turkey the last couple of days. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Some of us haven't had enough turkey the past couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> taking all the turkeys away so no but it's good like you know we, we're seeing a huge dip in the dual lands which is the the biggest area of need 
Um, yep. And that was the best effect that they could do with the Masters Edition event. So even though some cards won't dip hugely in price, um, and we've posted some other key cards for you, uh, the Dual Lands coming down is good, and it's a good time to pick those up. Yeah. Um, other interesting things, uh, Mana Vault, Strip Mine, Maze of Ith, all about eight or nine tickets each. Um, Candelabra of Tormos is below six for the first time in ages, with seven in stock. Same as Bizarre Baghdad with 16 in stock. Uh, Bizarre really fell a lot. I mean, that's crazy. But, I mean, I guess, you know, why, it is a four of, but it's only a four of in one very specific deck. So. And not just that. Like, I, like, who plays that format? Yeah. I dabble in it from time to time, but, yeah. That's a good point. And this is, it's such a weird situation because, you know, even if they were... Like, you know, assuming we had, like, Vintage Online instead of Classic, we would see such a huge divergence in the formats because of the difference. Kind of like we saw in Legacy, like, uh, you know, Candelabra in High Tide-style decks was huge on Magic Online. But not, it didn't make as big a splash, but that's because in real life, they were, I don't know, like $270 per Candelabra. Whereas Something ours, like, that, yeah. like $5, $10. Yeah. This is the Folly of the Reserve list uh, writ large. Yeah, and it's just tricky because like, it, and sometimes it's not even price prohibitive. It's just the fact that sometimes you, there are these cards you cannot find. Yeah. Like you know, if you go to a major event, like there are several dealers there, and if I want a Tarmogoyf, I can find it. It's going to cost me an arm and a leg, and it's prohibitively expensive, but you can get it. Whereas some of these older cards, like you may not be able to find for Bizarre Baghdad if you if there was a vintage event announced and you wanted to play Dredge, you know. Well, the internet, but besides that, no. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, if you were at the event, like I'm saying, you know. Yeah, if, you, if you're at the event and you don't have the cards, yeah. dude, we are very unprepared. Yeah, but I mean, like, you can get everything else in a format. Like, say, you know, they were just, like, a Grand Prix in your backyard. Like, for example, Grand Prix San Antonio just passed through here. And if I was a vintage player and I was like, oh, maybe I can go there and find, you know, some of the dealers. Maybe someone will have this um, and I could trade for it or I could get it. Well, there's a chance that it may not be there. Whereas if I was like, oh, I want to get some Tarmogoyce. For some price, I can find them there. Whether or not I'm agreeable to that is a difference. There is a certain um, synergy in having a um, event like that in your backyard and it being vintage. Darn kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> I, I mean, like that's that's partially why I feel like the the proxy rules in a lot of vintage tournaments were created. You know, so yeah, because I mean, at some point, like especially if you know. If vintage were to become hugely popular, which I, I doubt that's the case, uh, there would be a point where, like, all the black lotuses would be gone. Like, everyone would have, you know, handful for their decks. Like, if people had two and three decks, they would have two and three black lotuses, and eventually we'd run out of black lotuses for new players. Okay. Like, I don't think it would ever actually get to that point, but uh, you know, just as an example. This is why they've headed off the past with uh, modern, mm -hmm. and uh, doing such things as releasing modern masters next year. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, obviously and that's why we've seen the push away from Legacies, because again, that's just not something that's fully under their control. Whereas Modern, they're like, pretty much everything in Modern is, it's legally reprintable and power level-ly, that's, that's definitely a word, uh, power level-wise. <laughs> yeah. um, in terms of power level? Yes. If you want to be eloquent, you could say that. I prefer my method. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, you know, they can do things like Modern Masters. They can do whatever they want to make sure the supply is there. Yeah. 
and all it cost was wrote, writing off the first ten years of magic history completely. Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> Thanks, reserved list. Thanks so much. Yeah, I mean, who wants to play with you know boring old cards like Ancestor Recall and Mana Drain and stuff like that? Exactly. <laughs> or Sliver Queen or Khan or things like that. They'll, they'll never be popular. Yeah. All right. Question of the week. Do-do-do-do-do. All right. So the question of the week we have this week. Did you take part in the Masters Edition Thanksgiving flashback events? Yeah. Huh? Two, two words. I didn't uh, – uh, three words. No, no, and no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I was not a fan. I I'm not a, I don't like how I didn't like the price structure, personally. I don't like, and I knew I got a strong feeling that them being 64 man events, we would not see a lot of them firing. So I felt like even if I did play in them and win packs, I wouldn't really be doing anything with them, and most people would be selling them off, which means that the price would plummet on the packs. So I just didn't see the value, and there weren't a lot of cards that I still need from Master Edition. Most everything I from those sets that I want, I have. So There wasn't the appeal of opening a big card for me. Short of money. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but if you, if you wanted to save money, we just probably wouldn't play the events at all. Yeah, exactly. Like, being the 20-ticket price tag to, to play the lottery, uh, I'll pass. A curious well, game. The only way to win is not to play. Yep. You're, 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 they'd be lucky to get me to buy a $2 scratch-off ticket. A $20 scratch-off ticket, no thanks. Well, fair enough. Yeah. I uh, didn't indulge myself. Um, can't afford to at the moment. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a pricey hobby sometimes, this game. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but well, even though we are boring and didn't, have anything to add for that if any of our listening audience is wonderful enough to share and be like yeah i got a foil underground sea woo that'd be a fun story as long as yes. it's woo yeah we're it's so just... thrilled for you yeah. if, if you have one also leave your account information yeah um, if you post your story along with your account yeah. username and login that'd be awesome or, or just open trade and hand yeah. it across so we can see it up close yeah Oh, but yeah, so share your one time. And also, I'm curious, if you did play in those events, let me know how many of your games you won by decking your opponent. Because I feel like that was like 80% of the wins. Like, as long as you were able to kill their horsemanship guy, or they weren't, or unless they weren't able to kill yours, I feel like you had to deck your opponent. Or time them out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one of the two. Yeah, constantly activated your useless triggered abilities to eat up time. Um... And not in a menacing way, but I mean, like, your triggered abilities are just useless because so many cards have weird, random abilities. Ah, the early days of magic. Such fun. Yeah. All right, so, moving on. AJ, what you been playing? There was a slugger-palooza at the weekend, an event where everybody had to either run a slug tribal deck or a deck with... uh, no other support cards but slugs. No other support cards but slugs. So you could say run uh, 32 fairies, 20 lands, and four slugs. Somebody did. <laughs> All right. Um, I went with a fairly straightforward, well, straightforward-ish, you know me. As straightforward um, as a slug deck can be. Yeah. Um, 
slug deck using um, uh, contested cliffs to blow up everybody else's slugs, and they're the uh, ever popular uh, punishing fire Grove of the Burn Willows combo. As you do. Um, Infamously popular. (laughs) Everybody loves it. Nobody ever gets tired of it. I've never heard anyone get angry over Punishing Fire, Grove of the Burn Willows in Tribal. Hi, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But that was for uh, Blippi the Slug's eponymous birthday event. Um, I managed to get third place overall. My only loss was to uh, some... Grinch-like figure who decided to build a deck which, in the spirit of the event, didn't play a single creature or show a single creature and just comboed out without playing a single creature card. <laughs> Had he comboed out with his slug support cards? I don't, I'm confused. He ran slugs. He just didn't plan to ever play any of them. Ah. Oh. So he just had all this dead weight in his deck. Yep. Such a um, interesting way to play things, but eh, indeed, different strokes, different folks. Yep, each their own. Well, congratulations on third. That's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sebastian, how about you, man? Uh, I played a ton, like a metric ton of, uh, as as we discussed before, of sealed uh, this past week. I've in aggregate went about like, what one like a thirty-one and nine, I think, in terms of overall matches. I did pretty well. Um, it was a lot of fun. If four-pack sealed is a metric ton, does that make um, six-pack sealed an imperial ton? Yes, I believe so. Perhaps. And I didn't realize that a ton, a metric ton was so small, because based on these numbers, it looks like it's about, what, ooh, I don't know, 70 packs, maybe? Yeah, probably 70 <laughs> packs. Bear in mind, virtual packs have no weight. Hmm, interesting point. Uh, or a lot of weight, depending on how much you weigh the servers. Yeah. Yes, if There's... your server farm weighs exactly a metric ton, you've got it made. Yeah. Or perhaps they are you know, undefinable. They've been divided by zero. So. Oh, no oh, love for the math humor? Come on now. <laughs> like... no, no, the, the math humor got no love. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <He's yourself>. Killing <laughs> me, man. Killing me. All right. Only one of us works out of school. Yeah, good point there. All right. Okay, and as for myself, because uh, of both family coming in town and Thanksgiving holidays and birthdays and various wedding-related events, I haven't really gotten to play much uh, Magic Online. When I did, it's just been uh, tournament practice standard games, usually with red, because I finally found a red deck where I can actually win some games, and so that makes me very happy. I, I, I would hope you share the list, because I like to play some red decks with, and win some games. Yeah, the big key, I mean, it's pretty much the same, you know, you play those various two drops and attack with stuff. There was just a couple of cards that I found to sneak in that they give you a little bit of the edge. Like one of the biggest things was uh, Stone Rite, the uh, Soul Bond guy who gives fire breathing. Yeah. Because if you give fire breathing to your Ash Zealot, you can either make it so they can't block or they can't attack. Choosing depending on whether or not you attack with the guy or leave them back to block. Ah, the old um, oh, what was the card? Stone Warrior from um, Exodus. Yeah, the, the, the fire-breathing first strike. Uh, quite the quality. And the other big one was surprisingly a weird card, and that's Pyreheart Wolf. Good old unblockability. Yeah. Really? Huh. Yeah, I mean, it's because you like you have games where you're like, turn one Stormport Normal, turn two Lightning Mauler, turn three Pyreheart Wolf. 
And so he gains haste and you attack. And the great thing is, in that situation, they're like, kill your Pyroheart Wolf. You're like, cool, he comes back undying and still has haste. Thanks to Lightning Mauler. Attack. <laughs> so between those two cards, it's really done a, a quite the job of turning the win percentage around. So it makes it a lot more of a fun deck to play because you can fight through the Thrag Tuskedness and Centaur Healer world of life gain that there is. Nice. Yeah. Fair enough. Yep. All right. Well, that, I believe, does it for this week's episode of the podcast, right? I think we're pretty much a wrap, guys. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right. So thanks for listening, uh, and we will catch you guys next week. All the best. Goodbye. Later. Later.